Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey, if you brought your Bibles with you tonight, let's go to uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 61. Hey, this is the first Wednesday night uh, of the new year that we've been together to do, um, to do our midweek mix. That's pretty cool. How many excited to be in church tonight? Okay, now, just in case um, y'all forgot how, you know, it's a new year and y'all, you know, how we roll, this is called talk back time. I need y'all to talk back to me, so like if I say something that strikes a nerve, I want y'all to be like, white boy, preach that thing right there, okay? Can y'all do that? Can you do that? Okay, I just want to make sure everybody's awake tonight, everybody's comfortable in their seats tonight. Are you there yet? Psalms chapter 61, uh, begin with verse 1, says this, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. How many ever said that prayer before? Does it sound familiar? Oh God, like help! Y'all ever said that? We've all had that prayer where we found ourselves in a situation where we need, we need help from God, amen? And that's what David's saying. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. There's another translation that says, I call as my heart grows overwhelmed. Then he goes on to say, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now, when David was saying this, even though it was way back then, he had no idea who Dwayne Johnson was. Anybody know who Dwayne Johnson is? The rock. Okay, so when he said, lead me to the rock, he wasn't trying to say, hey, I'm in a mess. I'm going to need some backup. Lead me to Dwayne. Okay, no, he was saying, I need you, I'm in a mess, and I need you to lead me to the rock. How many know who the rock is? The rock is Jesus Christ. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So what David is saying is, no matter where I find myself, whether I'm on top of the mountain and I might need some, I might need some clear direction, or if I'm in the deep of despair in the valley, I'm going to cry out to God. No matter if I'm on the other side of the world, I'm going to cry out, I need your help. How many have been faced in a situation already in 2018 where you've said, God, I need you to help? Yeah, let's just be honest tonight. I need you to help me. So he's saying, I will cry out to you in the middle of my mess. Now, that's an encouragement because that lets us know that somebody other than us has been in a place where our life is jacked up. Okay, And he understands that all I got to do is cry out and God will, God will, God will help me. So I want to encourage somebody tonight, whatever you need, I want to encourage you and say, God wants to help you. How many received that tonight? God wants to help you. God wants to be involved. He wants to lend his hand. He wants to lend his ear to your situation. He wants to be involved in your life. You know, there's a lot of times in 15 years of marriage, it'll be 16 years this year, right? Yeah. Did I make that that number right? I can't remember how old I am, but I know we've been married. If y'all get single, I mean, not single men. Yeah, single men too. Never forget an anniversary. Never forget a birthday. Amen. You can forget your own, but never forget hers. Or you too will be crying out, oh God, help me. <laughs> but he does. He wants to be involved. He wants, uh, that's where I was going with that. There, I can let her know in, in no uncertain terms that I don't want to be involved today or I, I'm, you know, I'm having one of those moments, you know what I'm saying, like she does. She has those moments and she'll clearly just let me know by walking out of the room and then back into the room and out of the room and not say a word. She didn't want to be involved right now. But Jesus doesn't, he doesn't care about, I, I, I want to be like Jesus. I don't care that you got stuff going on. I want to be involved with you. Everybody say, oh, 
Yes. He wants to be involved. So what David was saying is this. When things aren't going good, how many know God's still good? When things aren't going good, he's saying, hear my cry, attend to my plea, and lead me to the rock that is higher than, than I. Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. The same applies to you and I tonight. We can say, lead me out of this mess. Lead me out of my circumstance. Lead me out of this situation. And lead me to a place that is higher than where I am right now. Because, see, we say that all the time. And his words clearly tells us that his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. So when we can't really figure out what God's trying to do, guess who we need to turn to? We need to turn to him. Need to turn up. Everybody say higher place. Now, he said, lead me to the place. He didn't say transport me out. How many know that's the prayer we pray most of the time? God, just take me. He's not a teleportation God, okay? He's not just like, boom, I'm going to just. No, no. It says, lead me to the rock. So guess what? Wherever you are, wherever that mess is, however jacked up your life is, wherever you find yourself, when you say, lead me to the rock, that means he's coming to where you are if he's not there already. Okay? And he's going to lead you out of that situation. Okay, So sometimes you're going to have to go through. And I believe that every one of us in this room tonight um, has the desire in our soul to be attached or connected to something that is bigger than ourselves. And I'll show you what I mean. In Ecclesiastes, you don't have to turn there, chapter 3, it tells us, it says that, that uh, God has set or planted eternity in the heart of man. So when we were created, before we ever hit earth, he implanted into us the desire for something bigger than us, and it's called eternity. How many know that eternity, I mean, you can't even put time on eternity. It's like forever, okay? So, so he's, he, he implanted that inside of us, and we have the desire to be attached to something bigger than us. That's why our students are all over Instagram following Justin Bieber and, 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 and uh, keeping up with the Kardashians and all that stuff. Why? Because we want to be attached to something that's someone who has more than we have or is going places that we've never been trying to live our lives through someone else. And how many know that's not what God wants for your life? He, got, he has things he wants to do for you and through your life. But if you're too busy caught up on what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is driving, you're going to miss out on what God wants to do for you. You can't be consumed with someone else's life because you'll miss out on what God has for you. Well, I wish my spouse looked like that. You know what? If that's all you want, maybe God has something better for you than that. Because he has something higher. Amen? Say, don't miss it. Don't miss it. So we've been created and designed to crave something bigger than ourselves. I'm going to go back to that, uh, Amber. Put that, that verse up. Ecclesiastes, you can write this down or turn there or flip there on your phone. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Then I like this. It goes on to say, But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. It's so big that we can't see the beginning from the end. How many knows we, we, we focus a lot on the beginning and we focus a lot on the end, but we always miss out on the middle because we get, we get sidetracked or dis, distracted in the middle. But, but, but it's so much that, that we can't contain from the beginning to the end and all that God has. It says he was planted, he has planted eternity in the hearts of men. I want to speak to you for just a few moments tonight, 20 minutes on the clock. From the subject, in the middle. 
But it's always fascinating to me how the start of something is so much fun. Would you agree? The start of something is, is fascinating. We love it. There's something about that. Have you ever started something? You ever started? How many had a New Year's resolution? You already started. You, you started. How many already finished it? <laughs> okay. It's, it, why, why is that? Because the start of something, whether it's a marriage or a, a new love, a new romance, whatever it is, it's something, there's something, the chemistry, there's something inside that just gets you stoked. It's exhilarating to start something. Think about the grand opening of a restaurant. Like that, there's a lot that goes into that, right? But a few months down the road, we're not so hip to whatever's going on, right? But, but see, there's something that's rewarding that happens when we get to the end of a thing. There's, it, everything's happening on the beginning. When we get to the end of a thing, that, that's rewarding too. Why? Because like you say you've been working at a job for so long, then you retire. There's a celebration that happens, right? Or how about every year we go to a baccalaureate service and we've got seniors in this house and other ministries that are celebrating their graduation after, after 12 years of, of, of further education and, and then going on to, to college. And what do we do? We celebrate the ending of a thing, right? But what about the kids are like, man, I'm glad you showed up, but how many knows that, that middle, that 9, 10, 11, 12th grade was great. You remember 12th grade? We went to school together. I'm glad to see you in the house tonight. It, 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 something about those years, you're like, y'all come back to me at graduation because right now I'm about to step off on somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember, y'all remember way back then? If it's a career, we retire. But, or, or when we're f- fulfilling something or, or we complete a task or we complete a project, there's something about the ending of a thing. The Bible even tells us that the end of a thing will be better than the beginning. That's what the Bible says. Why is that? Because the beginning is inspirational, but the end represents completion. And I fought the fight, or I finished the task, I've ran the race. And what I love about God is this. Our God doesn't just start something, and he doesn't just end something. He is with us in the middle. That's where we're going to be tonight. God is with us in the middle of whatever it is, our good days and our dark days. He's in the middle. Our God is right there in the middle of whatever we're going through. Let's think about the character of God. Let's look, at, let's look at his character. The Bible says, he who has begun a good work will be what? Faithful to see it through. So he's, he's, God is concerned about what he's put in your heart to do. And then he's also, at the end, he's ready saying, hey, come on, come this way. Stay, stay, stay right, stay on that course. But he's also, he's not just out there trying to lead you on. He's walking every step with you. Now what happens is when we get out on our own, because we don't like the road that he chose. I, like, I, liked my, I liked my job back in Georgia that, that, that had a 401k and, and had insurance and, and, and a little more salary. I liked all those things, but sometimes you got to step out on what God says. Well, God, I don't want to go back to Chiefland. He's like, what? I really don't care what you want. Uh, that was just a portion of my life right there. See, sometimes, but I would much rather obey God and be in, 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 in line with what he wants than to be out doing it on my own. I could, have, I could have disobeyed God when God said, hey, I want you to come back to Chiefland. I could have said, no, 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 I got everything up here. I can retire up here. Everything be great. But how many knows he saw the bigger picture of what could have happened? There could have, it could have been a road to destruction. I don't know. There is a consequence for being disobedient to God. I'll leave that right there. There's a consequence. But, but, but we serve a God who's not just concerned with the beginning and the end, but he's also concerned with 
the middle. Have you ever had a boss who shows up at the beginning of a work day and they go, they lay out everything that you're supposed to do for the day, then they leave? To, and, but, but when do they show back up at the end of the day to make sure it got done? I'm like, hey, homie, where were you at during the rest of these eight hours when I was trying to do this? See, but God's not like that. But that's how we relate to a higher power, see? That's how, because we, 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 we uh, uh, compare our boss to God. And y'all know how you think about your boss. Sometimes we get that way with God. We start thinking, we get a little crazy in the head thinking about God. Well, I want to do it my way. That, that doesn't work out too good. Didn't work out too good. Everybody say, in the middle. In the middle. Listen, God is the, an initiator. He's a starter. Some of you are in your jobs right now because God put inside of you the desire to make money. Or he's put the desire for you to, to be a nurse or, or to be a teacher. or what He's put that in, in there. That came from God. Because God put the dream and that desire in you. It's where it started. So we know that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher. He does start, but he also completes. I'm so thankful that God, that in the midst of my, uh, of my mess at times, even as a Christian, I, I, I can make a mess. Amen? That God will come to me in the middle of my mess. But what do I need to, I, God, I surrender. I, I need you in this moment. I, I, I can't do this anymore. As a matter of fact, it needs to get to a place where I don't, I don't mess it up. I just say, where he leads me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I want to I go there. Instead of me trying just a little bit, you know how we do with the teachers, if I can just get out just a little bit without them knowing what I'm doing. God knows. He knows. So I, wanna, I want him to lead and I'll follow. Everybody say, I will follow. I will follow. Our God is a God who is with us in the middle. He's Emmanuel, God with us. See, and so we get confused because we're like, he started, he finished, but he's Emmanuel. He is with you right where you are. He's, I wish we were on Facebook. He's with, he's with Richard in the hospital over at Shands right now. How many have prayed for Richard this week? I'm telling you what, it, it, it's been a whirlwind. She can, Tammy can tell you, it's been a, but prayer works. Prayer works. He, he's, he's here with us tonight. God, the Holy Spirit is here. But he's also over there tonight. He's doing a work in Richard's body. Matter of fact, I've said he can't come home until he is completely whole. That's been my prayer. Don't, I know we want to get out of the hospital. We don't like the bed and we don't like the food. And oh, my back. And, but no, you stay put until the complete healing is done. Whether it's by his hand or the hands of a doctor. Amen. God is with us in the middle. Matter of fact, I think it was Tammy who put on Facebook this week. I don't know where I would be without my church family. Where are we? We're in the middle. See, that's, that's more than just a church. It's, it's family. We're doing life together. So, so it, we understand that if God is in the middle, we must also be right in the middle. Not when it's convenient for us. Not when our schedule, you know, it works out for me to go. No, no. It, it's got to be, sometimes got to be inconvenience. How many ever had God ask you to do something? And it's been an inconvenience to your schedule. I say this all the time. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. I want to go on the first try. Let me, let, let, let me say this about the middle. It's not always fun in the middle. It's not always fun in the middle. We're, 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 we're celebrating in the beginning. Whoo, this is going to be great. going to be a new church and, or new, new restaurant, new business. It's going to be great. 
And then we're, we're congratulatory at the end. Man, that was an awesome, that, man, that was awesome. That was a great ride. But show up in the, in the middle. There no cameras in the middle. There's nobody wanting to interview you while you're in the middle of the mess. Some of y'all I know tonight are probably in the middle right now. And that's what this message is about. It's to, it's to hone in on letting you know that you're not alone in the middle. He is with us. We are not alone. Ever ran a marathon? Anybody ever ran a marathon? Those were real big back, back in uh, the Atlanta area, the peach tree. I never did it, but um, they say it's a lot of fun. I just didn't believe them. Everybody's at the start line, starting block, right? Cameras, everybody, woo, it's going to be great. And then everybody's at the end. But there's not too many people in the middle. The middle of a marriage. Oftentimes the middle is the hardest. In the middle of a marriage, in the middle of a project. This is when we become bored. This is when we become distracted. This is when we oftentimes try to do it our way. And we, we, may, we may lose our way. But the question that I want to ask you tonight, and then we're going to wrap this up for tonight, is this. And the answer is point number one. But the question is this. Where do you turn in the middle? I know what you're thinking, Captain Obvious. <laughs> I turn to Jesus. No, no. But do you really? We're supposed to. We're trained to know how to, what to do. But are we really? When marriage gets rough and rocky, do we really stop and say, God, I need you right now. I surrender my will. Until two people surrender their will, you're not going to have, there is no perfect marriage, but you're going to have altercations all the time if it's always her will or my will. Okay? So the enemy loves to get us all twisted up in the middle. So point number one is we turn to God. It's called turning to the right thing. And missing or avoiding the wrong thing. And oftentimes when we're in the middle, that's when we turn to a substance. When we're in the middle. I need this pill to help get me through. Or I need this bubbly to help me forget about my day today. We turn to a distraction. Well, my spouse isn't doing it for me, so I'm going to look this way. I get distracted. And sometimes you're not even looking for somebody else. I'm talking to married couples. You're not looking, but the enemy will just send that person right, right by your path. It's called distraction. Normally happens in the middle. Because I don't think anybody leaves the altar after saying, I do, I do, kiss the bride, and then going, man, she looks good on the way out the church. Ain't nobody doing that. No, when's it happen? When you're in the middle. When you're in the middle. Don't get distracted. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the middle that, that we, we go after something that's unfruitful. It's in the middle that we go after something that's destructive to our lives. And tonight we're putting ourselves on notice that when we get caught up in the middle, we got to turn to Jesus. We got to turn to God. And until he wraps this thing up for us, we're in the middle. Every day of our life is the middle. So you got to look out for the distractions. You got to look out for those things that try to pull you away from what God, the area that God is. That You know the, 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 the voice of the Holy Spirit that's saying, this is what I want for your life. And this is the road you need to take to get there. Watch out for the distractions. Turn to the one who can help us. Instead of turning to people and friends who, who have another plan for our lives. I say this all the time, but, and it's, it's worth repeating. And that is, if you don't know the plan for your life, if you don't know the direction, there will be somebody else who's got a plan and direction for your life. And it could even be family. It could even be people who, who mean well for your life, but they have no clue. They might, they, might have been, they might have been a part of creating you, but they're not really the one who created you and put something inside of you that is greater than what your parents can do for you. 
He wants to, he, he wants to enable you. He wants to give you wisdom in the middle of your mess. Why, why is this so important for us to understand? God initiates and God completes. But he is also an enabler in the middle. Tim, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and said that God chose me for ministry. He put me in ministry. And now he enables me to do the work. Again, God's the starter. I know I'm focusing on the middle, but that's, that's, that's where we are. He, he put the desire in you. And he said, I, I've qualified you to do the work. And now I'm going to enable you to do it. So when you, when you try to figure out what am I supposed to be, how am I going to do this, you turn to the one who enables you to get it done. There are times after times after times, and I, I tell you all the time, it's like a, a, a broken record. There's times I don't want to show up and do this, but he enables me. There's, time, and I, there's times you don't want to show up and do what God's called you to do. You don't want to take the trash out after service. You want to go out and eat like everybody else. Y'all know we don't get out at 12 o'clock. The Baptists already beat us to the restaurant, okay? I told somebody the other day, saw him in the restaurant, and I said, I love everybody, by the way. I'm not picking on Baptists. I, I've been to all the churches. But I told my brother, I said, I know why you, um, why you in that church, because you hungry most of the time, and you want to get to the restaurant before all of us. But, but Paul told Timothy, he enables me. He gives me the strength. He provides me the opportunity, and he also gives me the strength to see that through. Listen, this is for somebody tonight. He's going to help you. I wrote this down. He's going to equip you. I don't know what your middle looks like right now. I know what some of your middles look like because I'm walking with you through some of those. But, but he wants you to know he's going to help you. He's going to equip you. He's going to divinely position you. He's going to give you the right relationship. Stop looking for love in all the wrong places. He's going to give you the right relationship. Everybody say right. There's a difference between right and wrong. He wants to strengthen you in the middle. He's going to give you wisdom. Am I talking to anybody tonight? Who's in the middle? We must turn to our source, Jesus Christ, in closing. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 23. Very familiar passage of scripture. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Stop. What's he saying? When I've got God, I've got everything that I need. I've heard it this way before. It says, God plus nothing equals everything. God plus adding nothing else, and I still have everything that I need. But obedience, he'll give you the desire of your heart. Nothing wrong with wanting things. It's when things got you. Okay? He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Sometimes when, when there's chaos around you, and, and you're just like, man, I just need, I need, I need peace and quiet. Can y'all please shut the door? Sometimes you need to shut the door. Get your face out Facebook and get it in the book. Shut the door. I don't know how many have have joined us on this 21-day fast. Somebody said, well, I don't want to give up. I'm not asking you to give up anything. All I'm saying is, how, how much more of God do you want? 
What are you willing to show him? I'm willing to give this up for 21 days. We're in day number four, three. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four. I'm willing to give this up, God, and spend time with you to show you, even though that's important to me, you're more important. That's all fasting is. I don't know how many have, have joined us on that journey. But I, I, I want to encourage you to do that. It says, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Didn't say I'm there on the valley. It said the shadow of death. When you're going through rough places, he is with us. If you believe it, say amen. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I read this today and I almost exploded in my kitchen. And had I done it, Dexter and Cooper would have been like, out the room. Because won't he do it? Cooper be gone. Daddy starts getting loud in the house. Cooper's like, I'm out. I'm going to find a quiet place which is usually where mama is, but it was just us at the house today, so I should have let them have it. But, but verse 6 said, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That's great. I've heard it preached so many different ways, but this is what he showed me today. If you've already heard this, great, but this is what, how I got it today. God is good. Right? It's not something he does. It's who he is. So, so God follows me all the days of my life. I've never heard that, and I'm not trying to be ooh, 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 but I'm saying... God is good. Goodness and mercy. Well, he's, he is mercy. It's who he is. It's not something he can deliver. He, it's just a byproduct of who he is. So when goodness and mercy follow me, I'm getting goosies all up underneath this white shirt. Follow me all the days of my life. Guess, who, guess who's with me all the time? He's with me in the middle. I could have just read that verse right there and I think I'd have made my point. But instead, I kept y'all for 20 minutes trying to spin this in the middle. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know what you got going on. I don't, I don't have a clue of what your middle looks like right now. But I'm telling you, it's the greatest deception the enemy can ever have. And most Christians get defeated and walk out and say, I'll never come back to a church because he's convinced us that we're alone in the middle. Isolation. Watching the people... From this ministry that has either went up to see Richard who have called or text or took food up there so he didn't have to and the family didn't have to eat that wonderful hospital food. That's, that, that's watching people who get it. And you may be in your middle, but you know what? To step outside and go, I might be in my middle, but I want to help somebody through their middle. That's what it's all about. So wherever you are, whatever middle... Anybody, anybody got a middle they're going through right now? You're not alone. Goodness and mercy are following you. So even though your situation looks dark and ugly, it's still good. Because my Bible says he's working all things for my good. Well, because I know I'm called according to his purpose. See, there's a lot more to that verse. You can't just, well, God's going to work it out. I, I, I've been talking to somebody this week. And, and crazy stuff's going on. And, and this and that and well, God's just going to take care of it. No, there's something he's requiring of you to do as well. It's not just he's going to take care of it. I got he's, he's holding me accountable and responsible. Because goodness and mercy 
are following. Everybody stand all over this room tonight. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That does not mean the pastor will hold you in church forever. But that means wherever I go, I'm, I, I, am, I, am, I am creating a space for him to inhabit. This is just a room. You're the church. And wherever I go, I want, he is, he's with me. But I want him to feel welcome, so I create a place. I want to dwell in his presence all the time. I don't know what that looks like. I don't, I don't believe that means I have to walk around singing, How great is our God through Walmart all day long. I don't believe so. I believe that he's with me. When we have a disagreement, I believe he's there. And he just wants to know, Brad, are you going to let me have this? Amy, are you going to let me have this? And we told him a long time ago, this marriage belongs to you. You can have it. And I believe that somebody in this house tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, can say, this life right here, you can have it. You can have it. You can have it. All I want to do is pray for you tonight, but I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't know why he, he's asking me to do this. I do know why, but I'm going to do it. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to know that if I was to die tonight, if I was to pull out on 19 and a truck hit my car, if I died right now, I would wake up in eternity with heaven. I do not want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight, all I want you to do is slip your hand up when I count to three. I want to say a prayer over your life tonight. If you're here tonight and you say, I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have never made him Lord of my life. I've been doing it my way for too long. My way sucks. And now I want to do it his way. I use that word to get your attention. And you say, you know what? I I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be the Lord of my relationships. If that's you, just slip your hand up in this room. One, two, three. Anybody else? Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my relationships. Be the Lord of everything. Father, tonight I lift up every person that had their hand up. God, I speak to them in their spirit right now. That, that, that everything that has tried to keep them bound would be released in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's just repeat this prayer. Everybody in the room. Oh God. I come before you tonight. Confessing my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe. That your only son Jesus. Died for me. On the cross at Calvary. I believe. That he shed his blood. For my mistakes. For my mess ups. And when I mess up in the middle. (laughs) And now, oh God. Remove from inside of me. The desire. To fit in. The desire. To do it my way. The desire. To sin. Fill it, God. With you. Less of me. More of you. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'm telling you tonight, you are born again. 
you are saved. It's as simple as A, B, C, D. A, accept the fact that you're a sinner. B, believe. C, confess. And D, do it. And you just did. The church tries to make it so hard. And it's as simple as just saying, God, I surrender my will to you. I want you in my life. How many in the room know that you're saved? Amen. And you have a relationship. Now, and we're done. Wherever you are, God is with you. In the middle. In the middle. No matter how the, how the oceans gets crazy, turn to Him. Turn to Him. He showed me this, and I'll, I'll let you go. He, it didn't say, go to Him, because He's at the finish line. It said, turn. You know what that tells me? He was right there the whole time. I'm the one that turned the direction. It just says, turn to him. He was right there. He was right there in the middle. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you that it has the Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue his purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.